You're listening to the Happy and Healthy Podcast with Amy Lang, founder of Moxie Club. When you're looking for lasting weight loss, join us here for the mindset you need, a dash of inspiration, and stories that will bring it all to life. Episode number 29. Well, hey there, Amy here. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Happy and Healthy Podcast. So I was trying to decide what to name this episode, and it was between Resistance is Futile and the one I went with, Why is Change So Hard? If I were to put it to a vote, which one would you choose? I'd love to know. Actually, while you're sharing your vote... If you enjoy this episode and it inspired you in some way, I'd love to hear about it and know your biggest takeaway. So all you have to do is take a screenshot of you listening on your device, post it to your Instagram stories, and tag me at amy.moxyclub. So speaking of change, here's your bad joke for this episode from the comedian Michael Ian Black. Here it goes. I say to my son, what are you going to be for Halloween? He goes, I'm going to be Frankenstein. And I say, okay. So Halloween comes, he walks downstairs, he's got like an old suit jacket of mine on, old suit pants, his face is painted green, And I say, what are you supposed to be? He goes, I'm Frankenstein. (laughs) I say, no, you're not. You are the creature. Frankenstein was the doctor who invented the creature. It's a common literary mistake, but you just made it, my friend. So go upstairs and change. (laughs) I told you it was a bad joke. But I wanted to use it today since I'm going to spend some time talking about the Frankenstein brain versus the Einstein brain. So how was that for a segue? Yeah. (laughs) So have you heard of this? For those of you who are familiar with John Asaroff's work, this is one of the concepts he talks about in his latest book, Inner Size, The New Science to Unlock Your Brain's hidden power. So you may remember John Asaroff as one of the experts featured in the hit film and the book, The Secret. Same guy. So you've heard me talk about states of scarcity versus states of abundance and how important it is to make your choices when you're in a state of abundance. So in Asaroff's book, The Frankenstein Brain is in charge when you're in a state of scarcity, while the Einstein Brain is engaged when you're in a state of abundance, in that positive mindset. And, well, as it turns out, our brains are wired for a lot more Frankenstein Brain which is why we tend to resist change. So let me explain here. 
you've probably heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's a motivational theory that consists of five tiers, and you often see it depicted as a pyramid. So, from the bottom of the pyramid or hierarchy upwards, the needs are physiological, safety, social, ego, and self-actualization. So physiological needs would be things like food, water, warmth, and rest. Safety would be safety and security. Social would be the need for being loved, belonging, and inclusion. Ego would be esteem, power, recognition, and prestige. And then self-actualization is the need for development and creativity. So needs that are lower in the hierarchy, so the base of the pyramid, right, must be satisfied before we can attend or pay attention to the needs that are higher up. So for example, our physiological needs Again, food, water, warmth, and rest would need to be taken care of first. So (laughs) I imagine that the first person who figured out how to start a fire was a true hero. It's no wonder that Tom Hanks' character in Castaway was so happy when he declared, I have made fire, right? Though this does beg the question, do you think it was a man or a woman who first made fire? (laughs) Anyway, I digress back to Maslow and his five-tier model. So when you look at the five tiers or levels, they can be divided into deficiency needs and growth needs. So again, if you think about it as a pyramid, the bottom four levels would be the deficiency needs, and then the top level is known as growth or being needs. Being as in, be as in Bravo or Beyonce. (laughs) Okay, so deficiency needs arise when our brains perceive deprivation. And then these are a source of motivation for us when they aren't being met. In addition, the motivation to fulfill these needs will become stronger and stronger the longer they are unmet or denied. So for example, the longer a person goes without food, the hungrier they will become. Right? And of course, this maps to our brains as well, which means that the number one priority is survival. So if you sense danger, it's fight or flight or freeze. Those are automatic. And I would say more of a reaction than a response. So for you moms and dads out there, this is what would probably happen if you sense danger for one of your kids. There's no thought required. You would put your body in harm's way to protect them. So the instinct to protect our young ones 
makes sense when we talk about survival of the species. And probably why so many parents have such a hard time making their own self-care a priority. And why you'll hear me remind you of the instructions that we hear on a plane, that you have to put your mask on before assisting others. Because frankly, if you're passed out, you're not in a position to help anyone. So when your brain is in survival mode, it's all Frankenstein brain. So Frankenstein brain is that automatic mode. We're usually not making conscious, intentional choices. So unless you've gotten a lot of training in dealing with these kinds of situations like first responders, and well, even for them in high stress situations, a lot of times they are falling back on that training. Okay, so the second tier of Maslow's hierarchy of needs is safety and security. So anytime we interpret a situation as uncertain, when there's some kind of fear being triggered, so fear of loss, um, when you think about this coronavirus pandemic, we have fears around getting sick and what might happen to ourselves and our loved ones. Uh, there's a lot right now around folks losing their livelihoods, right, or their business or their job. So not being able to pay your rent or mortgage. Those are all times when Frankenstein brain is working. So fear of process would also be creating uncertainty, right? I don't know how to do this. It's a new skill, right? And then there's fear of the outcome. So and I would say it's the outcome that we don't want. So all of these are examples of when Frankenstein brain is working. So again, priority number two for the brain is safety. Makes sense. So when we're out of our comfort zone, learning something new, trying on a new habit, it's really easy to trigger Frankenstein brain. So that's the same for number three and number four on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So number three is love and belonging and number four is esteem. You can see how all of these tie to our ability to survive. So when you look at priority number three for our brain, it's all around conservation of energy. Again, if you think about how our brains developed, it's all about survival. So if food isn't guaranteed, we have to conserve energy. That's what our bodies do. For our brains, right, when you hear about primitive brain and lizard brain, it's all about survival. And it's why we have habits. So in the last 20 years or so, as we now have the technology and the capability to study the brain like we haven't had before, some of the studies that have been conducted on people with brain damage 
have allowed us to see that 95% of habits, that procedural memory, reside in the basal ganglia, where everything is pretty much automatic. So Charles Duhigg talks about this quite a bit in his book, The Power of Habit. And we see here that only 5% of the prefrontal cortex is being used when we talk about habits. So think about your commute to and from work. For those of you who are commuting, right? So it's automatic. You don't have to think about which exit to take when you get off the freeway or what street to turn on. So if you're commuting from your bed to the bathroom to the kitchen to your office, (laughs) you're not having to think about that either, right? As a matter of fact, okay, for those of you who are actually still driving when you commute, if you're multitasking, so if you're, say, talking on the phone and the driving part is on autopilot, think about how many times you've missed an exit if you were supposed to make a stop on the way home because you were on autopilot, right? Again, it's all about conservation of energy. And then for our brain, priority number four is around feeling good, looking for rewards. So for those of you who have been on more restrictive diets, whether it's not eating certain foods or saving your points for dinner, think about what time of day things tend to go off the rails. Is it at the beginning of the day or towards the end? Probably towards the end, right? Because the conversation in your head sounds like I've been good all day (laughs) to rationalize the decision. This is also a sign of decision fatigue, right? If we're good for, say, 30 decisions a day, by the time five or six o'clock rolls around, our decision-making tank is empty. So our dependence on habits becomes even more pronounced. So when you look at the brain, Frankenstein brain is active all the time, 24-7. So if we think about energy conservation and we talk about habits, we also need to think about pattern recognition. So especially for things that have the potential of being a threat to our survival and our safety. So to answer that question, why is change hard? And why is it so easy to stay in our comfort zones? It's really easy to understand when you look at how our brains developed. But as human beings, we also have an Einstein brain. So I said, but, this is a big but. From the study of neuroplasticity, we know that our brains are not all hardwired. It's not all pre-programmed. We can create new habits over time. But it does require engaging the Einstein brain. So for anyone who has ever tried to create a new habit, 
you know what it feels like and looks like when Einstein brain is in charge. You're energized, optimistic, feeling good. You've got all kinds of positive vibes. And if I were to use a car analogy, it's like having your brain on the gas. But make no mistake, this is change. And with change comes uncertainty. So part of our brain, and it's not necessarily something we're even aware of, it happens in milliseconds. Our brain is looking for patterns and ready to tap the brakes at any time. And well, when we talk about the gas and the brakes, I want you to think about your emotions as the triggers for these. So if your brain perceives a threat, the sympathetic nervous system will be activated, which then triggers the release of stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline. And the stress response is flight, fight, or freeze, which means that your brain is saying, tap the brakes for this change. Brakes go on means that the actions you take are not going to align with what you wanted when the Einstein brain is in charge. Which is why awareness of your thoughts is the key to creating change. So that you're not driving with one foot on the gas and the other on the brake. Because when you become aware of your thoughts, you have an opportunity to override that primitive lizard brain that's all about reaction. With your prefrontal cortex, that's in charge of executive thinking, which is when you can make conscious, intentional choices to create new patterns for your brain to recognize that provide evidence that contradicts older ones. It's like when you buy a new car and then Once you do, you notice how many people have your same make and model car as you're driving on the freeway. We can train your brain to notice and pay attention to different things. So yes, change can be hard, especially after that initial excitement wanes. At the same time, it's also important to know and understand that it's not always going to require so much energy all that conscious, intentional thought I've been talking about. Especially if you train your brain to look for new patterns and you learn how to intentionally activate that Einstein brain. Which, for you that are interested in the science, is actually the left prefrontal cortex. So again, here, it's all about working with our brain. Okay? And There are ways to activate the Einstein brain, which is what I'll be talking about in the next episode or two. And again, if you're interested in learning more about this topic, the book is Inner Size, The New Science to Unlock Your Brain's Hidden Power by John Azaroff. Alrighty then, I'm going to wrap things up for today's episode with a quote by Michael John Bobak. 
all progress takes place outside the comfort zone. You've been listening to the Happy and Healthy Podcast with Amy Lang. If you enjoyed today's episode, by all means, hit the subscribe button now. If you're ready to get started, visit my website, moxieclub.com. That's M-O-X-I-E hyphen C-L-U-B dot com. And sign up for a free 20-minute coaching session with me. And remember, making your choices when you're in a state of abundance is where the magic happens. <laughs>